Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. I am Wesley Euler, and I got to be transparent with you right up front. All right, a little bit different of a Steelers blitz today in the sense that I'm rocking solo. No Arthur Motes here today on this Monday. Now, don't worry. Motesy is fine. Everything is okay. He will be back tomorrow. All right. I want to get that out very clearly from the start. All right. So you only have to put up with me for just a day. And you got me here for the next hour from three to four o'clock. And then it'll be Tunch and Wolf from four to six before the training camp report tonight at six with Mike Pursuta, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson. So a little, a little change up, little switch today here on a Monday to, for the start of week two of training camp. But again, no Arthur Motes today. You just got me for an hour. Everything is okay, though. I promise tomorrow, 3 o'clock, we'll have a typical three-hour Electric Factory show for you. I've got a bunch to bring you here in the next hour. We're going to hear a little bit from David DeCastro. I've also got a, an exciting roundtable debate that I want to discuss uh, that they were having on Steelers.com earlier about a most exciting or a player you're most excited to see get going for the Steelers here other than Ben Roethlisberger. We'll get into all of that on the show. I still want your tweets over the next hour. I'll take them. I'll answer them at Wesley Euler today. Again, three to four. You got me here for the next hour. Uh, and I did want to let you know that there's a pretty cool thing going on tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, Steelers Nation Unite members have a chance to chat live with Minka Fitzpatrick. This is Tuesday tomorrow at 4.30 p.m. Minka Fitzpatrick will field questions about training camp and the upcoming season. All you got to do to get involved to participate is to download the Steelers official mobile app and create a fan profile. That's Minka Fitzpatrick in the latest edition of the Steelers Nation Unite Huddle. This Tuesday, that's tomorrow, the 10th? No, today's the 10th, the 11th. Sorry, Tuesday the 11th at 4.30 tomorrow. Again, just download the Steelers app, the official mobile app of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wherever you get your apps on your, on your smartphone, create a fan profile, and you can get in on the conversation with Minka Fitzpatrick tomorrow, August 11th. That's a Tuesday at 4.30. Uh, just to reset, right, for those of you who maybe you're just joining us this week, maybe you missed it last week, uh, a different schedule today, sort of, but we still got the same bones of what we're doing here week by week. 9 a.m. to noon, it's Tunch and Wolf. They're back in the locker room here on SNR for three hours every morning doing the, the great stuff that those two old fogies do, right? Talking Steelers, swapping old wars, war stories. It's great to have Tunch and Wolf back again three hours every morning starting at 9 a.m right here on SNR. And then I'm with you from noon to one. That's our high noon roundup, right? That's usually where we, you know, we play some different sound from the morning. We play some media availability. We talk about some of the day's happenings, give updates, right? Just a, an hour-long kind of lunchtime Steelers fix show that I host, if you will. And then from one to three, I hand the wheel over to Matt Lawley and Dale, Matt Lawley and Dale Williamson. See, I spend way too much time with these guys, Dale Lawley and Matt Williamson. There we go. They, uh, they have the drive from one until 3 PM. 
And then three to six, Arthur Motes and I, Steelers Blitz. Six until eight, it's Mike Pursuta, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson. That's the training camp report to wrap us up. So 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., we've got 11 hours of live coverage every day. There's also, you know, a, a way for you to get all of this outside of the hours of 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., uh, depending on your time zone, depending on your work schedule, depending on things you might have going on with your family or your kids, right? Just responsibilities in life. I get it. Arthur Motes, he tells you, right, that you have no responsibilities but to sit in front of the radio and listen to us. Uh, but if you do have other things going on, every single podcast, every single show we do, I should say, is available in podcast form. So, Tunch and Wolf, in the locker room. That's what you search where you want your podcasts. The Drive for Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson. Steelers Blitz for Motsi and I, of course. Yins already know that if you're listening here from 3 to 6. And then the training camp report. So four different shows, four different podcasts. You can get it all on demand, commercial free, wherever you get your podcasts. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Again, I'll take your tweets. I'm live for the next hour here till 4 o'clock on SNR. At Wesley Euler is how you can tweet me. And here's the discussion that I want to start with. Who is the Pittsburgh Steeler that you're most excited to watch play in 2020? Okay, and you can't say Ben Roethlisberger, right? Because that's the low-hanging fruit. That's too easy. Everybody, obviously, when you got the future Hall of Fame franchise quarterback coming off of major elbow surgery, I mean, duh, that's the guy that we all want to see the most. That's kind of, we think, right, the straw to stir the Steelers' drink this year. We know they've got the defense in place. We know they've got playmakers on the offense. Man, if Ben is back and going, we really like this team's chances. So obviously, the answer, I think, for 90% of Steelers Nation and the people like me and like others who cover the team would be Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, that is the big X factor in this season, right, is Ben Roethlisberger's health. But aside from Big Ben, who are you most excited to see here when we get going? We're going to have to wait a little while for full contact practice, right? It'll be another week or so here before they put the pads on. Uh, we're going to have to wait even longer for games, right, with no preseason. We're still about a month away or actually – a month away today, I believe, from uh, what would be the kickoff game between the Chiefs and the Houston Texans. So we're, we we still got to be patient here, but we're getting closer to seeing some real tangible Steelers football. Other than Ben, who are you most excited to see? Well, there was a little roundtable, all right? Craig, Craig Wolfley, Tun Chilkin, Mike Pursuta, Bob Labriola, Stan Saverin, right? The people... Some of the people that you see and hear on Steelers.com, a little roundtable earlier about who are you most excited to see take the field in action for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2020 other than Ben Roethlisberger. The five give their answer. I want to let you hear this. And then I think there's some names that they forgot. Let's listen and then we'll discuss. I want to see Stefan Tuitt. He's healthy again. He's been working out. He's strong. He's fast. He's athletic. He's got a great pass rush move. He, he's got great pass rush moves. Uh, he can be a dominant player if he stays healthy. And I'm looking forward to Stefan being healthy all season long, playing all 16 games. And he's going to have a Pro Bowl year. He's going to be dominant. He's going to be physical. He's going to be quick and athletic. 
I'm going to have to go with two guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing at training camp this year. Number one on the defensive side of the ball is Ulysses Gilbert III. He is one of those small package linebackers, one of those guys with great striking ability, great speed. He had a lower back injury that put him out, what, halfway through the season. I want to see what he can do in his second year. He's one of those guys that I think might come along and just surprise us with what he's capable of doing. The other guy would be, of course, the number one pick, Chase Claypool. Who could not want to see this cat go? When you have a wide receiver who's 6'4", runs a 4'4", with a 40-inch vertical, and lines up in the slot, and he get man-pressed, and he clubs the guys. I mean, he doesn't shake and bake and then move around him. He clubs the guy with like a club, like a defensive pass rusher would have, clubs the guy out of his way. When you got a physical guy like that, I want to see what that cat can do. Well, I always like to pick uh, some, a new or yet one of the younger type players for, to, as the answer to one of uh, this type of question. So I'm, I'm going to go with outside linebacker Alex Highsmith, third round pick. Um, I think he's he has the potential to be a significant part of this 2020 Steelers team. Uh, not so much because he's going to be expected uh, to play a lot or contribute a lot, but the Steelers, you know, their defense. Uh, depends so much on pressuring the quarterback and their two outside linebackers Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are a big part of that now great players that they both are but both of them regularly like to uh, get themselves to the sideline to take breathers throughout the course of the game so that they can be you know fresh or fresher uh, down the stretch on the important snaps uh, when the outcome of the game is decided and so the Steelers are going to need some outside linebackers to eat some of the snaps and hopefully be somewhat productive when T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree are, you know, taking a, a breather. And so I think Alex Highsmith is a guy who uh, might be able to do some of those things. And if he is unable to do some of those things, that could turn out to be a problem for the 2020 Steelers. So I would like to see uh, how he adapts to the NFL, the NFL competition and some of those one-on-one -on -one pass rush, pass blocking drills involving Alex Highsmith uh, would be very interesting to me. For me, uh, it's going to be linebacker Devin Bush. I thought he did uh, really well as a rookie last year and to uh, a large degree delivered as advertised. A lot was expected and a lot was delivered, but uh, Moore is going to be demanded as a second-year player particularly given uh, what took place in the offseason. Uh, last year when the Steelers ended up against the Ravens, uh, Aaron was the dime linebacker. He played a lot of dime linebacker snaps. Uh, Devin Bush played some dime linebacker last year, but I think he's going to have to be the guy this year. There's also a little uncertainty next to him. That was one area uh, where the Steelers uh, weren't able to or decided not to uh, address in a high-profile fashion the departure of Barron. So, uh, We'll, we'll see how it unfolds, but I know they are counting on Devin Bush to take another step to make that first to second year leap that Mike Tomlin always talks about and to be a Pro Bowl caliber guy in the middle of that defense. He has the capability to deliver, and if they're going to be the kind of team they want to be, he's going to need to deliver. I'm going to go with Devin Bush. Obviously, the Steelers expect great capital in moving up to get him, and I don't want to suggest that Bush had a disappointing rookie season. He did not. However, I don't think that we saw anywhere near the capabilities that he has to bring 
in the future. And by the future, I mean this season. Uh, he showed some flash, but the latter half of the season, his snaps began to dwindle. People talk about the amount of snaps that Mark Barron got, and he's no longer here. A lot of that was because that the coaches obviously did not feel as though Bush was up to the task. It's a learning process. It's a lot to throw at a young guy. They obviously expended a great deal to go out and get him. I think that there's much more there. I think the Steelers coaches expect that there's much more. He's got to take a quantum leap. He had some great moments, but he's got to be a dominating force. He's got to be a constant playmaker. And I don't mean interceptions every game, uh, fumbles, returns for touchdowns, but more of a presence. So they say that the greatest improvement is usually shown from year one to year two. I think Devin Bush has got to show that this year. That was Tunch Ilkin, Craig Wolfley, Mike Pursuta, Bob Labriola, and the godfather Stan Saverin talking about their candidates for who they're most excited to see other than Ben Roethlisberger this season for the Steelers. Uh, Tunch going with Stephon Tewitt, great answer. Another guy who, like Big Ben, is, is coming off an injury. Another guy who, like Big Ben, we know is extremely capable, extremely talented, very good at his craft whenever he is healthy. That's a good answer, even though a little chalk there by Tunch, right? I think that's maybe the other low-hanging fruit answer, but a good one from Tunch nonetheless. And then a little cheating there from Wolfley, of course. He goes with Claypool and with Ulysses S. Gil but of course he couldn't pick just one. Also mentions Kevin Dotson. Bob Labriola goes with Alex Highsmith. And uh, Stan Saverin goes with Devin Bush. These are all good answers. These are all these aren't wrong answers, right? Uh, these are certainly guys that I'm also excited to see. Steelers Nation is excited to see. But I think there's two big names that were not mentioned that certainly in this conversation of who we're most excited to see once we get to live action football, other than Ben Roethlisberger, other than those guys that they all just named, who are the two guys that I'm talking about? Well, I'll tell you when we come back, Wesley Euler, I'm here three to four solo on the Steelers blitz today. Tweet me at Wesley Euler, get your questions in this hour. We'll answer them on the other side. I'll also talk about who I am, the two people that I'm most excited to watch on this Pittsburgh Steelers team in 2020. Of course, other than Ben Roethlisberger and the bunch of guys that those men just named. A reminder that Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Going to pay some bills here, but I'll be right back with the Steelers Blitz on the other side. This is SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank, the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wesley Euler back with you here on the Steelers Blitz. Reminder, a different schedule today, just three to four solo on the Blitz. But don't worry out there, power grid and megawatts. Motsi and I will be back tomorrow. Uh, before break there, in the end of the uh, the first segment, I played you a little, uh, about a four or five minute clip uh, from some of the guys of Steelers.com debating who uh, they were most excited to watch this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Other, of course, than number seven, Ben Roethlisberger, Stephon Tuitt, 
Chase Claypool, Ulysses S. Gilbert III, Kevin Dotson, Alex Highsmith, and Devin Bush were all mentioned. Those are all very good answers, obviously. But what about a couple other people now that we're on the topic here and now that we're really starting to get going at training camp and, and seeing some guys in action, albeit, you know, just in shirts and shorts, at least it's some type of tangible football happening. How about Eric Ebron? I'm really excited to see what this guy can do in the Steelers offense. Um, he's kind of obviously had a whirlwind of quarterbacks since he came into the National Football League in 2014 with the Indianapolis Colts. But the time that he had, or pardon me, sorry, with uh, with the Detroit Lions, pardon me, he came into the league and was last with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, but the years where he had solid consistent quarterback play uh in Detroit he was able to in his last couple years have nine touchdowns with Matthew Stafford his first year in Indianapolis when he was a pro bowler in 2018 13 touchdowns on the season last or pardon me not last season in 2018 with a healthy Andrew Luck last year just three touchdowns and he had some injuries as well too to deal with I'm excited to see what Eric Ebron can bring to this offense. He's a different kind of tight end threat that they've had in a long time. This guy can stretch the field, and he's very, very good, very cerebral in the red zone. Two years ago, 2018, Steelers were the best, had the best, were the best red zone team, had the best red zone percentage in the National Football League, the entire league, first out of 32 teams. Last year, they fell to the bottom of the barrel. I believe they were 29th out of 32 teams in red zone efficiency last season now certainly part of that was losing the future hall of famer six quarters into the season obviously anytime you lose your franchise quarterback uh, your numbers on offense are going to go down most of the time I think it's safe to assume I'm sure some of that also too right as much as we might not like to admit it the artist who formerly wore number 84 at the wide receiver position in Pittsburgh he was really good in the red zone too so you combine his loss and the injury to Ben Roethlisberger the Steelers were just not effective in the red zone last year. That's got to change this year, particularly with the return of Ben Roethlisberger. I think Eric Ebron, who again is just cerebral inside the red zone, has a nose for the end zone. I'm really excited to see him get going here for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2020. How about the other side of the football? And I know I said I had two guys for you, right? So Eric Ebron being one of them. Well, it's kind of a twofer on this second one. Just how about the safeties? How about both of them? How about Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick? For different reasons, right? Minka, he came in last year on the fly and and was just a revelation. Was unbelievable. Took off, hit the ground running, and was arguably the Steelers' defensive MVP along, you know, with TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and certainly a lot of other deserving candidates. They were fantastic on defense last year. But his arrival, albeit shortly into the season, uh, what, week three before uh, before the Niners game, it was the the turning point. It was kind of the addition of the keystone, to use a Pennsylvania reference, for that defense. What can he do? How much better can he look? How much even more effective can Minka Fitzpatrick be now that he's had an offseason to actually get familiar with his team, get familiar with his coaches, study the playbook, know what he's really being asked to do? And yes, this is an unprecedented offseason, but I think you've just got to be thrilled, got to be pumped in anticipating what Minka Fitzpatrick can do with finally some time to just catch his breath, just get all of his bearings around him to have a full offseason to learn that playbook, not be learning everything week to week on the fly. Man, Minka, last year was good. Last year was great. It was an all-pro year. This year could be even better. And how about Edmonds? 
This is a guy who, he's had a bit of a whirlwind in Pittsburgh, too. He's had a lot of different guys play next to him. He's lined up next to Sean Davis, uh, Jordan Dangerfield at times, Cam Kelly at times, Morgan Burnett at times. Now he's finally got a solidified partner, a stud at that, in Minka Fitzpatrick next to him. Now he's got a clearly defined role. He's really had a trial by fire these first two seasons. His first year in the league, he plays more snaps as a rookie than anyone else on the Steelers' defense. Last year, he has to deal with the addition of a new partner midseason, and they're able to take that in stride and have a lot of success. I think this is a big year for number 34. He, he's been forgotten about back there by a lot of people, or maybe just some expectations have shifted by a lot of people. I, I think he's going to be a very good football player. I think with Minka solidified next to him, with his role clearly carved out, that will mean big things this year for Edmonds. So who I'm most excited to see, Eric Ebron on the offense, and then the two safeties, Minka, Fitzpatrick, and Terrell Edmonds on the defense. Wesley Euler with you here on the Steelers Blitz. We're going to hear from David DeCastro, Big 66 here in about 10 minutes or so on the program before I get out of here at 4 o'clock. Reminder, a shortened show today. Just me, no mozi today, but we'll be back full show 3 to 6 tomorrow here on Steelers Nation Radio. Up uh, from 4 to 6, you'll have Tunch and Wolf, and then 6 to 8, it'll be Pursuta, Lolly, and Williamson here on SNR. And I, I do want to say, actually, before I get to this, speaking of Minka Fitzpatrick, a reminder that Steelers Nation Unite members have a chance to chat live with safety Minka Fitzpatrick this Tuesday. That's tomorrow, August 11th at 4.30 p.m. Fitzpatrick will field your questions about training camp, about the upcoming season. All you need to do to participate is download the Steelers official app and create a fan profile. That's Minka Fitzpatrick in the latest edition of the Steelers Nation Unite huddle this Tuesday, tomorrow, August 11th at 4.30. Before we take our second break here, uh, Cam Hayward, he's a guy that I always love listening to talk, and he was on a Bleacher Report podcast with Adam Lefke and was asked about the quarterbacks in his division, right? There's a lot of young, talented quarterbacks in the AFC North, right? Obviously, Joe Burrow, the first overall picks now in Cincinnati. Baker Mayfield, first overall from just two years ago. Lamar Jackson, a first-round guy from two years ago who's now the reigning NFL MVP. Cam Hayward was asked about a division full of young, talented quarterbacks and what that means to pass rushers like him. I love this answer. Steelers Nation will love this answer. Cam Hayward, yeah, he's ready to go hunt some Heismans. I feel like people are forgetting about the Steelers, and I was just wondering how does that make you feel and what should we expect energy-wise from you guys out of the gates this year? Man, uh, you know, one thing is we got a, we got a gauntlet of Heismans that I'm looking forward to wrecking this year. Uh, you know, I think uh, you look around and you see these great offenses, but, you know, as a defense that doesn't have the Heisman player but has the Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, we can't wait. We're, we're salivating at these opportunities. These guys have, you know, uh, are great players, and, you know, um, it's up to us to knock them off the totem pole. You know, everybody's ready to crown a new king, and um, as I see it, no, nobody in our division won the – you know, the, the Super Bowl, um, it's it's all it's all a race for it. And um, we got to knock off a bunch of heads to get to that uh, Super Bowl uh, trophy. Cam, you are correct. Nobody in the division won the Super Bowl. And also, Cam, if, if you want, if you allow me to fact check here for just a second longer. Yeah, none of those other three Heisman quarterbacks, they haven't even won a playoff game 
in the National Football League yet across the division. Great stuff there from Cam Hayward. I know Steelers fans got to love hearing that. He's ready to knock some heads off of those Heisman quarterbacks. Uh, again, if you want to hear that full interview, that full podcast, it's the Adam Lefke podcast uh, on Bleacher Report. Cam Hayward, kind enough to give them some of his time. Uh, I believe that was either last night or early this morning. A reminder that Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Speaking of media availabilities, one guy spoke this morning. It was David DeCastro, big 66. And Steelers fans, let me tell you, he didn't mince any words. Uh, If you are, you know, not a person who normally tunes in to player press conferences, right? Because you know, it's a lot of the same, but we all know this, right? It's, hey, I would do it if I was a professional athlete. It's a lot of non-answer answers when they meet with the media, right? It's a lot of it's a lot of kind of scripted answers. It's a lot of canned answers, right? They answer a lot of the same things. They never really go into crazy detail. A lot of times, they don't really tell you how they're feeling. It's understandable, right? They don't want their quotes to get taken, misused, misprinted out of context. Well, David DeCastro, he didn't mince any words when he was asked this morning what he thought about last season. Disaster? Disappointment? It sucked? Those were just a few of the things that DeCastro had to say about last year. He also talked about, obviously, uh, some of the position battles, left guard, right tackle on the offensive line. He also talked about the return of Ben Roethlisberger and how excited he is for the offense this season. So on the other side, we will hear some from the big man, David DeCastro, and we will wrap up the shortened Steelers blitz today before we get to Tunch and Wolf. I'm Wesley Euler. Motes is out today if you're just joining us, but like I said, I guess you wouldn't have heard that if you were just joining us. Way to go, Euler. Just three to four with me here today. So last chance to get those tweets in, too, if you have a question for the show today. But tomorrow we'll be back. I'm fine. Arthur Motes is fine. Just a little shifting around today. Just an hour with me. But we will have the full Steelers Blitz for three hours tomorrow. We'll wrap up the show today with a little David DeCastro on the other side. I'm Wesley Euler. You are listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Wesley Euler with you here, closing out a shortened Steelers Blitz today. Reminder, we'll be back, Motesy and I, full time, I should say normal time, full show tomorrow, 3 to 6 o'clock right here on SNR. Up next, you'll hear Tunch and Wolf from 6 until 8. Or pardon me, I'm all out of whack here from four until six. Sorry. And then from six until eight, it'll be the training camp report to wrap up our coverage on SNR today. Just getting started here. Week number two. And with that, right, one of our favorite things about training camp is that we get to hear from a lot of Steelers players, a lot of coaches and coordinators that we don't normally hear from much throughout the uh, throughout the regular season, except for maybe for a couple minutes after games. And that's about it. One of those guys is David DeCastro. And folks, I said this before the break. This is not a typical athlete interview. You're going to want to listen to this, right? There's no, ah, uh, well, it was it was a bit of a letdown, and there's no sugarcoating last season for David DeCastro. He calls it a disaster. He calls it a disappointment. He says we sucked. He is very blunt about how disappointed the Steelers were in their effort last year, how they want to get that righted this year, and even how, you know, He's on the other side of 30. Marquise Pouncey's on the other side of 30. Alejandro Villanueva getting a little bit longer in the tooth. How, you know, these guys, they've got to 
maybe a sense of urgency for the first time as they're all a, a little more seasoned, some more veterans on the offensive line, guys that, you know, aren't necessarily uh, on their rookie contracts or maybe even their second contracts anymore. So some great stuff here from David DeCastro this morning meeting with the Pittsburgh media. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, just uh, wondering – um, I'm actually here, so <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got uh, obviously you're going to have at least one new starter on your offensive line this year. Um, continuity is is king on the offensive line, and you've only got 14 practices with which to, to kind of work that new guy into the equation. A, is that enough time? And B, what kind of confidence do you have in those those new guys? And some of them aren't new, obviously. Stefan is, but. How much confidence do you have in those guys to be able to get them up to speed quickly? Yeah, I like it. I think this whole thing for us as an O-line, this, the pandemic and the short training camp is, uh, yeah, I think it's beneficial just because we're a veteran group. And even though guys, Matt's moving to left guard, he's he's gotten snaps before, game snaps. You know, he's played that position a lot. He's bounced around before. And uh, you've got guys in Banner and Jukes who've had game time as you know, game time experience as well. So I think it, I think it bodes well for us. And uh, I'm excited to see that competition at right tackle for, uh, for that spot. Thanks, Dave. There you go. Thanks, Dale. We'll go to Will Graves with the Associated Press. Will, I think we have you now. All right. What are you, Dave? What are you doing starting so early, man? Come on. We're deadline oriented. <laughs> deadline oriented people here. Um, look, I'm just sort of curious. A, it's good to see you, but B, um, you know, you look. You have a young family at home. I've talked to you in the past about like when you had kids, how and your wife would sort of divvy up responsibilities so you could be in prime position to play. Have you changed what you do at home, your routine to sort of protect yourself even further than, than maybe, you know, you normally would? No, not, not really. My life hasn't changed too much. With this whole, whole thing happening in the off season too, it kind of, the routine didn't, didn't vary as much. And even, even nowadays, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not too afraid. Um, you know, that's just my personal opinion of it. So I'm, I haven't done anything really to, I don't know really what, what, what much can you do if it's worth taking those risks to really completely isolate yourself. To me, to me, I don't see that being beneficial. I'd rather be with my kids and family and, um, you know, take take that risk. So, no, I haven't, I haven't changed that change at all. Appreciate it. Yep. All righty, let's go to Jerry Dulac with the Post-Gazette. Jerry, are you on? How about now? You got me, Dave? Yep, I can hear you. How are you, man? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Hey, um, did you ever give any thought to opting out, Dave? And do you have any apprehensions going forward here about, you know, once you start playing? Um, Yeah, it's tough. You know, the only thing that really comes to mind is, and, and there's really no way to, to structure with the, with the money and whatnot and the uncertainty of, of, of the guys playing. And, you know, that definitely weighs in your mind. You're taking a lot of risk going out there. And, if, you know, say you get hurt and we don't get the whole season and you don't get your whole salary, you know, you kind of, that's probably the biggest, the biggest thing I thought about um, as far as the, you know, the financial ramifications of playing and the chance of the season not finishing out, you know. So, other than, but, you know, at the same time, you think a lot of guys are just kind of, I like having the routine to be able, be able to play football. I don't know what I do without it. So, even though that thought crosses your mind, I think in reality, a lot of guys are, just kind of going with the flow. Thanks, man. Go. Let's go to Ed Bouchette of The Athletic. Ed, are you on? Hello, Dave. Hey, what's up, Ed? Hey, um, 
along the way some somewhere. Did you watch much tape at all about uh, Alan Fanick and how he played the position? Um, you know, not really when I was younger. It was a different age from then than it is now. You know, it was a little harder to find, find those kind of cut-ups and tapes. It's a lot easier now with YouTube and, and, and stuff. But, um, no, I just watched him, you know, from afar. Uh, you know, some Sundays watched him play and obviously watched the Steelers. It was, uh, it was a big part of that offensive line. He was here uh, one summer, wasn't he? And yeah. Did you pick up anything from him then? No, uh, yeah. He was here for about, you know, part of training camp. And it was, it was just cool to meet him. That's for sure. Um, just pick his brain and get a sense for what a guy, guy who's been through it before, kind of been down that path of kind of what you want to emulate as a career. Um, just nice to get to meet the guy and, and spend some time talking to him. And yeah, pick his brain a little bit about, you know, life, football, all the, all the, all the good stuff. Thanks. Yep. Thanks, Ed. We'll go to Mark Bowling with The Athletic. Mark? What's up, Dave? Hey, what's up, Mark? Yeah, my question is about uh, the loss of Munchak last year. Maybe not as of uh, concerning actually line play, but maybe some of the things he did in the run game and coordinating that. Did you guys notice a difference there without his voice of being able to construct things uh, with the run game? Uh, I mean, Munch was great. I mean, let's, let's can't really sugarcoat it. He was a great coach, smart. Um, I just think the injuries really, really kind of took a toll. Um, you know, losing losing a quarterback like Ben, that's you know, lose a guy that's allows you have a pass game that's really builds up the run. So yeah, maybe there's a factor of Munch. He's, he's one of a kind. Well, you know, I'll, I'll bounce from on that. But um, there's a lot of factors that went into last year being the kind of disaster it was on our side of the ball. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Thanks. We'll go to Mike Prezuda with WDBE. Trim, if you are. Gummy. Yep. Yes, sir. How's it going, David? Hey, what's up, Mike? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, follow up a little bit. You said you couldn't imagine not playing. Um, I assume you're pretty financially secure by this point. Why is it worth the risk, and why could you not imagine playing? What what still drives you about about the game? Because you, you got to kind of be all in when you're playing football. You know what I mean? It's like you, once once you say you're you're done, I think, and you check out, you get, you can't really come back to it. So I've always had that mindset of just being all in, football being the number one. You know, it's almost sort of a a religious, religious experience, close thing I get for my, you know, for myself. I love the game. I always have. It's done, it's done so much for me. And you can't really think about the money and, and whatnot when you're playing. And you just have to be all about football and attacking that day and having that routine. It just, it just makes life, life a lot easier. And uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to be done quite yet. You know, what I mean, get, getting there. But um, I still, I still enjoy it. I still enjoy the routine and coming to, coming to work with these guys. You know, pouncing out. You know. The, Group's kind of fading away. You guys don't always ask every year. Hey, you guys, you guys appreciate what you got in the line. You know, we, we really have because we know it's a, a lights coming down the tunnel a bit. Did you say religious experience? Yes, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Trev. We'll go to Richie Walsh with KDKA. Richie, if you're on. Yeah, Dave. You know, with the Power Five and the Big Ten postponing college football I, I know you want to play and we all want to see you guys play do you are you optimistic are you hopeful that you guys will play this year what are the concerns what are you guys talking Man, about I, don't, I gave i gave up predicting being hopeful optimistic about four or five months ago when the, uh, this whole thing just kind of blows your mind it's been a crazy year and at this point in my life i tell everyone just taking a day to day you know trying to like i just told mike just trying to enjoy the routine of football um you know that's definitely reality in the back of our minds i mean i'm open to anything i know get shut down tomorrow and we're like, oh, 
know, you have a free fall for the first time in 20 years. You know what I mean? That, that's that's pretty pretty weird to a lot of guys who've been doing this for for so long. But you know, it's it's really screwed up everybody's lives. So um, you know, it, it is what it is. What can you really do at this point? I just watch and um, adapt and, and move on. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Rich. We'll go to Brooke Pryor with ESPN. Brooke? Hey, Dave. Thanks for doing this. Um, you know, without the rookie minicamp and OTAs and now a shortened training camp and no preseason, what kind of learning curve can, can you kind of expect for Kevin Dotson? How hard is it for a rookie to come in and be on the line and, you know, and not have all of the experience of the offseason that a guy would normally get. Yeah, it's, it's really hard for a rookie. I'm a rookie year. There's a lot. I came in late into OTAs because of some weird college eligibility rule. But, um, yeah, it's not – it doesn't help, that's for sure. Guy coming in, it's a different game, learning the scheme, the system, and getting those getting those reps. It's uh, it's hard. You know, it's definitely a uphill battle, but you know, all, the, all the rookies are going through it. Um, we'll get some good good reps in training camp. And um, it's kind of is what it is. But, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. That's for sure. Not, not your rookie year. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Burke. We'll go to Tim Benz with the chip. Trip, Tim, if you're on. Yeah. Hi, Dave. I uh, was just curious uh, from your standpoint how you um, might give any advice if it's asked for uh, Matt Filer making the jump from tackle to guard in terms of uh, the mentality and the skills needed for that position and how you feel about the guys on the right side at tackle that might be taken over for him and Zach and Chooks? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm excited for the competition. Um, I'm sure both, I know both the guys are really hungry and it's going to be a, a tough battle for that, that right tackle spot. And as far as Matt goes, I see Matt as pretty veteran. I don't think he needs any tips. I think he's uh, he's played all around, you know, bounced around. I thought, I'm, I'm going to miss him at right tackle. I had, a, I had a really good time playing with him last year, but um, uh, I think it's obviously best for the, the group for him to be a left guard and good choice and I think he'll be, be pretty solid uh, he's just he's a tremendous player he's built for he looks he looks great in great shape to play play guard he looks even stockier and more anchorish than uh, than before so uh, he's ready to go stocky and more anchorish uh, importance to that transition do you think yeah no for sure you know you uh, you, know, you sacrifice a little ball cup a little bit and, uh, you know, want some, some bigger guys not maybe not as necessarily as athletic and quick but that was some big strong freaks in the, in the middle Thanks, Tim. We'll go to Jim Wexel with 247 Sports. Jim? Jim, do we have you? Can I? Okay, there we go. Yep. Got me, Dave? I hear you, Jim. Good. Um, you had said uh, losing Munch was one factor. What were some of the other factors? I'm assuming it had to do with quarterbacks making calls, but you 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 answered that. And the other question I have is your confidence level in a team that's, you know, everybody's uh, missing their preseason. How, how will you guys respond? Will it be a positive one? Yeah, I think it'll be positive for us just because we're a veteran team. Um, and just, we, we've, we, I mean, honestly, I think the training camp, a lot of, a lot of those preseason games are for younger guys. I mean, I don't think it takes necessarily much for us to get in shape as a veteran group, but I think the older you get, the less is kind of more just because you don't need that pounding on your body. So uh, I think it bodes well for us, offense and defense-wise. Uh, we have some good depth, too. and Yeah, I'm actually uh, I'm actually excited about that. Any other factors in, uh, you know, besides losing Munch? 
Oh, oh, as far as last year? I don't know, man. Last year sucked. I kind of already forgot about it. It was not fun to play. As you know, as an offense, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was pretty terrible. Um, just, just, yeah, you kind of, you know, lose confidence and it just kind of snowballs and you just find ways to lose games, can't win them when your defense is getting five turnovers. Yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty tough year. Um, you know, it falls on everybody. You know, that's why it's a team sport. You know, you can't, you can't lose that confidence. You gotta, you gotta be better. But yeah, hopefully we can uh, get a better attitude this year and hopefully we can stay healthy. Thanks, Jim. We'll go on to Ray Fittipaldo with the Post-Gazette. Ray, you're on. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Ray? Uh, one more quick follow-up on the running game. I mean, you you were here when it was really clicking with Le'Veon, you know, back in the day. Um, and just other than the injuries, is there one or two things that you guys think you have to get back to um, whether it be putting your hand on the ground more often or just any little things that can help, you know, get that running game, you know, kick-started again. You guys love talking about the running game. Like, it's like it's, it starts, in, you know, it's a starting point of, of the offense. I just always try to tell you guys there's, it's a combination. You can't have a good running game without a good passing game, without a, an honest, balanced offense because if they can just stack the box and wear safety down and you can't throw the top or forget that, you know, if, if they can't keep you you can't keep them honest, then, it's easier to stop the run, so I mean, we just we just weren't good at all. So that running game is obviously going to be a be a tough spot when they can just kind of digital you into. Yeah, I mean, it was just it wasn't really just the run game; it was just an overall not being good. God, thank you. Thanks, Ray. We'll go to Chris Adamski with the trip. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Dave. Um, you've used words like suck and disaster and stuff, uh, talking about last year's offense. Yeah. Um, I'm not smart enough to know, to be able to break down, you know, the reasons why. Uh, I think for, you know, the last five, pretty much your whole career, everybody's can generally assume, well, the Steelers, the offensive line's elite with the Steelers, is one of the best. Um, where do you kind of, you know, on a self-assessment, both of you and the unit of the five of you or whatever, um, did you, you guys obviously you're getting older. There are questions. Are you guys still in the lead offensive line? Did, did you have a bad year last year? Can you be better this year? Or was it not necessarily the offensive line? I, I always say it's always a culmination. It's a beautiful team sport. You know, we take pride in the line. Obviously, we think we're pretty good. Um, but it's 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 a, it's a team effort. Yeah, you're right. We are, maybe we are getting a little old, but I still think we've got some juice left in us. And um, we're not good as a whole. Everyone's going to look bad. You know what I mean? That's just that's just the nature of it. Um, not trying to put blame on anyone else. I mean, we, we had a bad play, that's for sure. Take more, take more um, responsibility, but just a global, yeah, just a global, not good. And that just, like I said, it kind of like started to lose confidence a little bit, and you're just you're kind of struggling. And it's just, it's a tough. It was a tough year, uh, especially when, like you said, we're used to having having great years. And obviously, you're losing a Hall of Fame quarterback. The guy's getting paid, you know, third or one of the third of the salary cap. You know, there's a reason why they get paid that much. Um, you know, no, no, not trying to discredit Mason and Duck. Obviously, they're capable players, but when you're losing a guy like that, that's um, yeah, tough. David Castro there speaking to the media this morning and mincing no words. Last year sucked. It was no fun to play as an offense. It was pretty terrible. You lose confidence, and it just kind of snowballs, finds ways to lose games. You can't win when your defense is getting five turnovers. It falls on everybody. David DeCastro. Sounds like a guy who is ready to go next season. That's got to be 
exciting for Steelers fans to hear. Obviously, the uh, the return of the offensive line's dominance along with the future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger, something that we're all expecting, something that we're all looking forward to in 2020. That'll do it for the Steelers Blitz today. Shortened version of the Blitz today, but no worries. Tomorrow, we're back at 3 o'clock with a full three-hour show. I'll be rocking and rolling with Arthur Motes with you tomorrow on Tuesday. Also, again, download that Steelers app, right? And uh, create your fan profile, and you will have a chance to talk to Minka Fitzpatrick tomorrow at 4.30. He'll field questions about training camp in the upcoming season. Again, all you got to do to participate, download the Steelers' official mobile app and create a fan profile. I'll talk to Yins tomorrow at 3 o'clock. I'll have Arthur Motes with me. Up next here, you'll hear from Tunch and Wolf before we get back to uh, Mike Pursuta, Dale Lolly, and Matt Williamson at 6 o'clock. So four more hours of Steelers coverage right here. I'll talk to Yins tomorrow at 3 with Motsi. As always, on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, Steelers Nation Radio.